Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 251. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games, and how about a video about a video game? That's right, I did it. I'm working on the Nintendo G video in terms of actually editing video. It only took me six months to get to this point. Don't worry too much about it. <laughs> So, so we're there. Um, you know, I'm not done yet. I spent about, uh, I think it was like seven-ish hours on it so far. Um, so I'm about halfway through the video so far. If you don't know, typical video editing for me is the first minute usually takes anywhere between like two to three hours, depending on how busy that beginning minute is of a video. And then as long as there's no special needs in that video in terms of like me being very specific with the script and things like that, generally every minute after that takes about an hour. So if I'm looking at a video that's going to be, you know, 10 to, to 12 minutes, we're looking at probably about 15 hours or so for just the video editing part of it. Um, I have no idea if that's a normal work like amount for that, if that's how long people typically take, but that is how it is for me. Um, you know, how I edit my videos is usually cutting footage and trying to get footage that's going to fit with what I'm saying on screen. It's very rare that I just drop footage in just for the sake of dropping footage in. Um, that's not to say I've never done it before. And one of the nice things about Nintendoji is that visually not a lot's happening, um, on the top screen usually. So it actually makes it easier for me because I can kind of edit in larger chunks because if I sit there and like do a lot of like rapid cuts and I'm just like kind of cutting to the same thing, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I can leave a lot more lingering shots on like a series of actions that are happening over time kind of thing. So that's been very helpful and kind of, you know, making sure I'm staying on track for every one of those uh, minutes on there. So um, I do have a little extra time this week. Um, The multiplayer groups are taking a little bit of break because one person can't join in this week. So that means I'm going to probably have the majority of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to sit down and work on it. So assuming nothing goes wrong, I might actually have it done um, you know, in the next couple, to two to three days here, which would be great. That would be amazing if I could get that out of the way. So, um, yeah, that's been, been fantastic. And I, and I'm really looking forward to working on more of it. Um, you know, I, I keep, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of sick of the video in some ways, just cause it's been so long that I, since I've been trying to get past it, but that has nothing to do with the video. That has nothing to do with Nintendoji. That doesn't change how excited I am to talk about Nintendoji. It's just more about my workload and, and you know, getting something out there kind of thing. It, it's disappointing to me that it's me this long to get here but here we are we're moving we made we're making a video Woo! so yes uh and once we're done with that i think the 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 next few upcoming videos i hope are going to be fairly straightforward i feel like i say that with every video and that never really works out that way so but you know we'll see what happens if this is all kind of touch and go as we go right so so i've largely been working on that i only started the video editing this weekend However, during the week, I was just cleaning up the script a bit, working on that a bit. So um, I did kind of condense the script down a little bit, which I think was good. Um, In editing the video, I think there's a couple other parts I probably could have condensed down further. But, you know, at this point, you know, once I have the audio recorded, I'm editing the video down. When I'm sitting there listening to it, I'm like, you know... 
I could have like taken time away from this to re-listen to it later and see if it actually fits. But sometimes, especially in this situation, you just got to move forward. And like, if you have a little like sentence or two that, that you feel like you could have cut out, then it's already kind of too late. Unless it very cleanly cuts out. There's definitely times you could just cut out like a set of texts and remove it kind of thing. I think I did that for Disaster Day of Crisis. I think I had like an extra minute to that video actually, like fairly lengthy, but realized that it didn't really add anything to the video. So I ended up just cutting it out and put it to the side. I wonder if I have a version of that that has um, that extra minute in there. That might be something worth uploading to the Patreon at some point. Um, so yeah, I need to look into that. Maybe, maybe I have a version of that with that extra little bit in there, so. So Nintendo OG really was my focus this week. Um, we did play a little bit more of Generation Zero and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Again, nothing really new to report there. Generation Zero, depending, I, I'm talking to my my friends about that, but I might drop off that. I just, I'm having a hard time finding much reason to want to keep going. And I feel like I'm holding them back in a lot of ways. So we'll see. I, we're taking a break this week, so we'll probably retouch on it the week after and then figure out if I'm going to continue with that or not. So Yes. Um, what I did play this week is something that I streamed. So if you didn't see last week, we streamed a, um, I guess you call it Dojin game, school, more like school project game uh, from Chuo University, uh, which is a university in Japan. Uh, when I was at Comiket in uh, 2019, I got one of their university discs, discs that they had. And um, those discs basically have projects um, from 2017 to 2018 to 2019, and they just distribute them on a disc all at once, essentially. So we streamed that and played it, and if you are interested in that, um, you should definitely check that out. I'll link that in the description here so you can go and, and take a look at that. Um, but I wanted to talk about, from that stream, like my favorite, top three favorite games from that. Because there's probably about, like I think, eight-ish games per year, if not more. Um, and so some of them are very similar and samey. Some are not great. Other ones are better. So I just want to talk about the three games that I like the most. Um, these aren't in any particular order, I will say right now. Um, but the first one I want to say, and this is actually one of the earlier games in the stream, was Battlefield Maze. And this is a game that, and when I first started playing it, I really couldn't figure out what was happening at all. Um, it's a command prompt game, so it loads up in like a command window. And you type in the direction you want to go by typing in, uh, I think it is WASD actually. You type in W, then press enter, and then that sends it north, then left, right, you know, all that stuff. So you're this little like character, it's all, you know, ASCII based essentially, and you move this character through a, a box that basically has like these patrolling enemies going around. And then sometimes there's like a boss, and the boss will like shoot like things. And all this is represented in like text and a box and every time you make a, mo a movement it redraws the entire set of text so it pushes the text up so you can actually kind of go back and look at a log of every single move you did and every how everything moved and things like that so I had a lot of fun with that it took me a little while to figure out what I was doing but once I figured out you're just going from the start to the goal I really enjoyed it there's a lot of novelty to it being so simple just this idea that like hey this is something that could literally just run on pretty much anything that has a keyword they could type into or really only need like five keys right W or W A S D and enter kind of thing. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like a game that you really could do on pretty much anything. I'm sure there's like some kind of programming in the back and there's different size to the program. So you might not be able to drop it on like something with not enough space, but like computationally, I think it's something that could be handled, you know, by most, you know, electronics probably. So that was pretty cool. Battlefield maze, high ranking for me. 
The next one is Cave Explore. This is the one, if you watch the stream with the uh, armored, I don't know if it was a lady or a guy, but it's like a little armored person walking around in a cave. And it has very much like that kind of like dungeon crawler kind of thing where, you know, you walk square by square and every time you walk an enemy moves at the same time and then you can like attack and then every time you attack, the enemy will like attack back. So it's like, it's turn-based technically, but when you're moving around, it moves in a very like Zelda way where it doesn't feel turn-based. Maybe like Brandish as well, possibly. I actually have not played Brandish, so maybe maybe I shouldn't say Brandish, but somebody in there in the ch the chat actually mentioned Brandish, I think. That might be why I mentioned it all of a sudden. But it was pretty fun, and uh, at least on the, the later level I got stuck on, it has a lot of like ice sliding puzzles, so you can like slide around the ice, and when you move, you know, you can't change direction you just slide all the way till you hit a wall so it's like very much that kind of like puzzle where you have to slide hit the wall of the dirt in a particular way and then eventually find your way through a path we got stuck i think on stage five i don't know how many stages there are um but you know considering the type of you know projects these were typically you're not seeing more than like you know five to ten stages with the game so cave explore very cool uh, and the last one was Precious Space. And I like Precious Space because um, it, is a, it is a very simple game. Again, all these games are very simple. Maybe I should stop saying that. Although Cave Explorer had graphics. Um, but Precious Space is a game where you're a cube. And every time you jump, um, it slowly dissipates more and more of the environment around you. So there's some um, items in the environment that are um, like opaque or, 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 you know, transparent kind of. And as you jump, they get more and more transparent until they disappear. So you have to figure out how to get to the goal within a certain number of jumps, essentially. And when they disappear, um, the things in the environment are, are like at different solidity levels. So you can do things like make something disappear. So it opens up a new path, essentially, or, or rather it kind of like every time you jump, it changes the state of the world, I guess you could say. Um, so you, you could do that and then just jump around. So it was pretty fun. I liked that one uh, a lot. Again, one of those ones where it's very simple. I don't think we beat that. I'll have to look into it again. I think those, like, if I'm going to go back and try to beat any of these, it'd be those three probably. Um, Battlefield Maze, I think, was only five levels. I think we died on the very last level, like, right at the end. And I was like, oh, no. Um, not that there's, like, a real, like, you know, when you beat these, you're just getting, like, a, oh, cool, you did it kind of thing. It's not, like, you know, anything crazy, but still. Um, so those are my top three games from Troll University. Um, there's one other honorable, honorable for 2017 through 2019, I should say specifically. There's one more honorable mention I want to do though, and that is a game called Color Chain Shooting. Um, I don't know if this is like all the same people or if there's like individuals working on it or if they built an engine and then built multiple games within it. So this game like running on like a, an engine and almost all these like shooting games were really sluggish and didn't feel great to play. Um, and I didn't really like playing any of the shooting games, to be honest with you. The ones in this particular style, I should say. But one thing I can appreciate about color change shooting is that it's essentially like, um, you know, Space Invaders. You have the, the enemies kind of going left and right. However, you have three fire buttons. And each fire button is filled with a white bullet. And when you shoot an enemy and kill them, it changes the color of that bullet to the color of the enemy you killed. So you can basically shoot the enemies at the same color using the same color bullet. And the chain will increase like the number of points you get so you basically want to try to like you know make it so you can chain as many enemy you know damages together using the same colors kind of thing and i thought the concept was really cool it just again that all the shooters in this collection i think were generally kind of like sluggish in terms of how they controlled or rather the shooters in this this engine specifically that they seem to have built for these types of shooters that they were making so um that was unfortunate that i didn't like have fun with it but i thought the idea was was pretty interesting so 
So otherwise, other than that, though, I didn't really play anything this week. I know I said I was going to try to play Indiana Jones, but I think you guys can at least excuse me for, um, you know, playing or writing Nintendo stuff instead for now. <laughs> so we'll get back to Indiana Jones probably when I'm done with Nintendo G. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. If I if I if I feel burnt out by doing Nintendo G editing, maybe tomorrow. But honestly, I feel like I just want to go through Nintendo G. That's the problem with these big videos is that once I get started on them, I cannot stop. So, so yeah. Um, one thing I did do. This is not a game related. Well, it is game related, but it's not a game. Um, per se, I, at least, um, is I did go ahead and uh, do the uh, another Atokadol event thing. So if you don't know, um, Atokadol had these little or these events that they had in person in real life where the Atokadol fans would get together and, and have a little booze and they would sell their stuff. And I like when I moved or not moved, when I came back from Japan, I saw that they were doing those. I was like, oh, man, I really wish I could fly out there for one of those. Um, but then COVID happened, so they had to find a way to, you know, get those to be digital events. And so they started using PicSquare, which is kind of like those, if you ever seen like those VR chat events, things like that, where you're going around buying models and things like that. It's very similar to that, but it's in like an RPG maker style aesthetic. So you're just like little character sprites running around um, in this world. And they essentially have these little booths and each of these booths, the, the person can kind of decorate them. So the Atokadol community has been doing these for a while. I have attended multiple of them at this point, um, although I did miss the last one, uh, the Yumero Jewel Box event that happened. Um, so I I felt bad that I missed it, honestly, because right after that, they announced the Tokadol was getting shut down. Konami. Konami has nothing to do with Yumero Jewel Box. It's all fan stuff. But right after that event, Tokadol got announced as getting shutting down. And it was like, oh... Um, and you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the end to the events per se. A token all fans will probably be around for a while, at least, you know, obviously as time goes on, you know, people will have less and less interest in that kind of thing. And you'll probably see less people talking about a token all and you're not getting newer fans into it. Um, but you know, there's nothing restricting them from doing more fan events. Right. Um, but anyways, so, uh, Yumero Jewel, uh, box two, uh, was kind of put together last minute. I think it was announced like, um, I think maybe Wednesday or Tuesday this week. And, um, it was only open for one day. Um, but it was the, the token all fans, you know, making their little thing. So I went and jumped on there. It was fairly small. I think it was like nine booths total. And then two of them, I think didn't get set up in time. So they were just kind of like, they had like the graphics put in place for them. But if you clicked on them, it said that the, the booth person was missing kind of thing. So I'm guessing they just didn't finish it up in time for them to actually get it in place. Um, but I went and visited like the seven booths and I did go ahead and grab some more stuff. I, I, there were some things there. Most of the people that I'd seen there, uh, on there before, uh, had things that I had previously seen. There were some new things as well, but I kind of felt like I was like, well, this is the last like one when a token doll is active. So I went ahead and picked up some of the things I wanted to that I didn't last time. Um, I bought some books finally. I don't really, I didn't really have any like Dojin books for a token doll at all. So I finally bought like four of those books. I got like two that were very more like, um, I guess, I guess you could say more in the traditional style of a token doll in the way that it's like, you know, very, uh, uh, aimed towards like young girls and kids. So it's probably just, you know, these cute little stories featuring the Atokadol characters, I would imagine. One of them was pretty thick. I think it's like 48 pages. Like, holy crap. Um, and then the other one I think was like 16 pages or something like that. Um, and then I got two more books that are from, uh, this one fellow. I don't remember his name on Twitter, but, um, he draws some like really interesting Atokadol art. Uh, maybe, maybe it's like almost horror themed approach to a token doll like maybe not horror but like the characters definitely 
are a little more uh unhinged i guess like like so like some of the token all characters are kind of like like lucy co the main girl it's just, she's kind of like you know uh maybe like mischievous is the right word kind of thing she like likes to like she does a thing where she like, she jumps out and like will scare you and stuff like that i, I don't know it's it's kind of it's kind of like a cute mischievous kind of thing and so he draws her in a way that feels a lot more like almost jokerish honestly now i think about it like batman joker she feels it feels like lucy co is a, is a like <laughs> like a joker character so he has like this more like mature style i guess you could say with the token at all he drew something recently that was like lucy co just like sitting on top of like a burned out car with wearing a baseball cap i'm like sure that's cool i'm okay with that so i bought a couple of his books as well i think one was his book specifically and the other one was like a book of mixed a bunch of artists and things like that so um so i was i picked that up and i'm, I'm excited to get that i also got some stickers and then uh i also got um a couple of little like trinkets and things like that as well a little acrylic stand thing too um for that so uh it was a good chunk of stuff but i missed the last one um for this specific event and i also just I don't know. Again, it's not the end of a token all per se. Like, like you're not banned from ever seeing it again. Um, but the fact that the game is shutting down, I feel like made me feel like, ah, uh, I, I feel like I should, you know, kind of go, go all in on all the items that I wanted to get for a while now. So I went ahead and did that. And, uh, you know, it was fun. The little environments and stuff in there are very cute, though. People made their own little, like, fake arcades, essentially. So you can go and walk up. I mean, like, you don't, you can't do anything in there. But there's, like, arcade, Atokadol arcade machines. I saw a screenshot on Twitter that, like, one of the places, somebody, I guess, had, like, gotten the same uh, arcade machine sprite as the other person had and just put one in their, uh, their booth. And they had people lining up at the booth to kind of, you know, represent them lining up at the Atokadol machine to play it kind of thing. So that was kind of fun and cute. So, like, MMO space in some way or like well, the online lobby kind of space so you can kind of interact with each other there I'm too scared to talk to anybody though you know everybody in there's you know Japanese oh I did like <laughs> I did like open up somebody's message board once and I didn't know what it was and so I just I was like I think I'm posting a message to this to this um channel or something like that so I wrote like worldwide a token all um which is something that somebody said to me once and i just thought that was funny he's like yeah worldwide a token all um and and uh so i posted that message and then apparently it posted on a specific person's message board not just like a general message board for that that event kind of thing and then um i think i think someone responded just like yes everyone love a token all worldwide or something like that <laughs> worldwide forever or something like that so it was, it was pretty cute um so yeah it was fun it's a good time. So, yes. You know what time it is? It's Patreon time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, hey, if you were a Patreon at the $5 level recently, you got a unboxing video for the PCFX GA card for the PC98. How cool was that? Exciting? Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, I haven't put that card in my PC yet, but... I will also make a, a Patreon video when that happens, I'm sure. Um, again, Nintendo G video is just kind of number one priority at this very exact second. Um, so that is up there, though, though. So if you want to get check that out, that's, at, again, at the $5 level. You can, uh, you know, subscribe to Patreon and then watch that there. Um, and then if you do the $3 level, you can also um, ask a podcast question. So we have a podcast question in place this week. Um, Jillian submitted a, another one. So if you don't know, for the Patreon right now, we have Jillian, Discreet, and uh, Paul Daniel. Those are three Patreon people. Need to keep remembering to say that. 
Um, but Jillian sent a question in, uh, and the question was, are there any discs or cartridges that you think look particularly cool? Um, actually, Paul Daniel did respond to this one, and he specifically mentioned that he really likes the uh, Neo Geo uh, cartridges and cases. If you haven't seen a Neo Geo case before, it's almost like a giant plastic case, and those cartridges are huge because, you know, the Neo Geo's um, you know, home system was basically built off, you know, the arcade hardware. So the AVS and MVS uh, cartridges come in these really big, nice plastic boxes. Um, and he also mentioned that he really likes the uh, PCFX ca cases as well. I'm a big fan of those PCFX cases too. Like Kind of like the Neo Geo one. They're smaller, but in the big block, black box cases. It, for me, that always kind of read more as like a reference to like the PC-98 or at least in that same kind of software line. However, the PCFX did in a very like PlayStation 1 Saturn kind of way transition from those big blocks um, uh, uh, packaging down to the jewel case eventually. So it does make your collection look a little weird with that. So, and, and, and Paul Daniel also mentions that he likes the 3DO long boxes as well. I ha don't know what those look like off the top of my head, but I assume it probably looks pretty similar to the PlayStation one. So, um, all those are very cool though. I'm a big fan of those big plastic cases and things like that. Um, I have a specific example though. Um, I am a big fan of the disc art for Disaster Day of Crisis. Um, Disaster Day of Crisis, um, you know, if you haven't seen that game before, is a game about, you know, natural disasters and things like that. And um, in Disaster, there are, like, a lot of, like, events surrounding, like, tidal waves and things like that. So water is a pretty prevalent thing, hurricanes, things like that. So on the disc, it actually has like these uh, waves that are splashing up on the disc essentially. And those waves are, are not like colored as a wave on the actual disc art on the front. It is, uh, you know, basically the same color as like the disc would be on the other side. So it has this really neat effect where you have this like really shiny wave effect on the disc. And I always thought that looked really cool. Um, I'm a big fan of the early Wii game discs as well. Maybe it's one of those things that, you know, you might not like so much today. The Like the, the Wii kind of like simplification thing where it's like, here's this one like piece of art and then we make it like one color rather than having like a really fancy disc. Um, but I do like that kind of like early Wii disc uh, uh, styling as well. But they, they did move away from that eventually. And I think it's ultimately smart. I personally would prefer more diversity in terms of what disc art looks like and things like that. Typically, I would prefer the cases to generally look the same in terms of form factor, be able to put them side by side kind of thing. But I'm not a huge, I don't require like the like with the Wii where every spine outside of some very special releases are white kind of thing. I do like a multicolored spine as well. That's all always kind of cool in my opinion so disaster day of crisis definitely one of the ones that i think is very cool thank you again jillian for that question and thank you again anybody who's the patreon and wants at the three and the five dollar level again you can go join that patreon ask a patreon or a podcast question on uh mondays i put up a post on the patreon and you just got to reply to that post with your question otherwise you can just see what the question will be for next week with that um, in terms of upcoming content for Patreon, by the way, I went ahead and took the Jumping Flash uh, unfinished review I did a while ago. I went ahead and recorded the voice work for it. I did not edit it, though. So I went ahead and just basically dropped the voice in there, grabbed some Jumping Flash photos I had, threw that over top of it, and then left it at that, essentially. Um, I The Jumping Flash video is something that if I wanted to put together, I probably could actually like formalize it without too much time. But when I sat down and like recorded that video, and I when I listened to it again, it's 
it's just a reminder that I felt like I didn't really have a lot to say in that video. So it felt like a waste of time for me to really sit down and do it. There's also a lot of other Jumping Flash reviews out there on the internet. So I don't think my personal take on it was very special. So if you do want to see what that looks like unedited, you can do that. You get to hear me mess up and re-say lines and things like that too, if that's what you're interested in. Um, I don't think that comes out this week. I think that is next week. I think I'm probably going to try to stick to like a back forth, back forth uh, content pipeline where I put like normal content on the YouTube channel one week and then do the Patreon content afterwards. I don't know if that's what we're going to stick to, but I think in the short term, that might be a good option for now um, for that. So that's it though. Thank you again for giving money to the Patreon. Uh, appreciate anyone who does that. And also appreciate if you just want to like, you know, talk about you want to show for it. Hey, I have a terrible time actually like promoting anything. So the more you share my stuff for other people, the better it makes me, makes it be, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It makes it easier because I'm terrible at promoting anything. I really hate doing YouTube thumbnails and things like that too. I'm trying to make the YouTube thumbnail stuff the Nintendo G right now and I'm dying at the moment because I just... I just, it's it's hard. It's always hard. You got to like ride that fine line between I want you to click this and being accurate. And some people will sacrifice the second half of that. I don't sacrifice the second half of that. And so that makes it very challenging to accomplish the first half of that. So, so yes. Um, so yeah, uh, in terms of news this week, um, and I, there's some other stuff in here that's, that's kind of old, you know, one thing I guess I should, should say that, you know, when I go over these games, some of them have been announced like a while ago. I just hadn't seen them yet. Um, and that's fine, you know, for the purposes of our podcast, I think it's okay. And a lot of these things, sometimes I think most people aren't really aware of them per se. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I just categorize it as news. I'm telling you this 251 episodes in. Um, anyways, um, I was really taken by surprise this week because God of Protectors for the Nintendo Switch finally got announced. This game was, I think, released on the Switch in Japan like two years ago at this point. It's like an ancient kind of like a tower defense game where you have to, an ancient is the company name, sorry. not It's not an ancient tower defense game. It is a tower defense game made by Ancient, which has like Yuzu Koshiro, I think, as the, the, the head director of that. But anyway, so it's like a game where you have this princess and you have like four players that go around and defend this princess from monsters. But the princess like powers people. So the further away a character gets away from the princess, the less powerful they become. But it did at least, and I'm talking about from experience to the 3DS game specifically, you can then pick up the princess and bring her to different places, but it like exposed her to more damage and things like that. So the, the last game only had local wireless play, which really was hard for me as somebody who did not have anyone to play with locally. Um, and the single player was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly grindy. However, this new one does have online multiplayer, which is very cool. Um, also, I think, I don't know if this is all missions or only certain ones, but you have uh, the the main princess. She um, rides around on like a cart now kind of thing. So I think you're like defending her as she moves around. So, um, so I'm pretty excited about this game. Um, there's a little bit of weirdness around it in terms of release though. So there's the digital release that's happening and I don't think they've announced a date yet, but there's the digital release coming up. And then also... They're doing a physical version, and thankfully, like, I, I, I give limited run games a lot of trouble and and, and stuff um, with, with my complaints about the release timeline and things like that. I feel like God of Protectors is a game that fits, honestly, 100% into what I think limited run games should be doing. And I think, like, honestly, if I didn't have any experience with limited runs before... 
I would probably go ahead and pick up God of Protectors on, on the physical copy of that. However, I am just so soured by the whole like year turnaround time thing on their games and like the lack of communication about things that I think at this point I am just going to try to avoid buying it on on there. I I I, I it's it sucks because like I think if I didn't have that past bad experience with limited runs between Panzer Dragoon and stuff like that and Curse of the Moon too, I wouldn't feel this way and I would just go ahead and buy it. But I just I just don't feel good about buying stuff from Lunar Run Games at this point. So I think I will be passing on it. But digitally, there's a way to get it. And, you know, obviously, I think my opinions about how, you know, to approach games later on down the line if they get delisted has changed quite a bit in the last, like, five years. And I'm basically at the point that, like, hey, you know, five years down the line, for some reason, I can't get God of Protectors because it's not on sale anymore. And, like, the actual physical copy is ridiculously expensive. I have no issue doing what I got to do to get a copy of that game. However, I got to do it. Right. So it, it is really, um, you know, I, I just feel like I'm like, I just am probably going to skip on this for now. Um, digitally when it comes out, maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and pick it up then. Uh, the other thing is I just, the, the single player in the 3DS game was very, very, um, um, grindy though. So I don't really know if I don't have anyone to play this game with as well. Um, I don't know if I want to, play it um like that and and like if if there is like public like matchmaking like if the if the lunar run release is going to be way later than the digital release then that already kind of like creates problems with that as well too with like trying to enjoy the multiplayer with like randoms instead so um i would really like to play it i think i probably will pick it up digitally at some point um especially if i can get um you know a group of people to play it with me but still um at least for now i'm gonna hold off on it they also, one thing that is actually kind of neat is that there was like this little mini game that came out a while ago that they made with like the Amazonists in that game, the Amazon lady like running through and like trying to lose weight. She was like really pudgy. So she had to like run through like this on rails runner thing and try to lose weight and then like try to avoid like eating cakes and stuff like that along the way. Um, and it was like an NES ROM. I think you could actually use it on an NES. I think it actually works on an NES if you if you put it on like a flash card or something. Um, so they are actually doing a cartridge release that for that here in, in the West. Um, it's a little weird because there's kind of two different ways people have read this cartridge release. Um, one is that it is a, I think they've said it's lovingly localized. And so very much when it comes to the cartridge and things like that, and the box art it's in, it is definitely one of those ones where it's like, we have this very cute anime looking game and we made the box art itself very like Western fantasy kind of thing, which I think is totally makes a lot of sense, especially if you're just leaning into that, like, here's a localized NES release. What was kind of weird was in addition to that, they also changed the game a bit where it's not no longer about the Amazonist trying to lure, lose weight. It is now just like her preparing for battle, I think is what it is. So I think she like collects armor pieces and avoids bombs essentially. And she has armor on and they just kind of worked the armor sprite around the fact that she's like a chubby sprite at that part of the game. I'm not really sure how they handle that as a whole because I think as you played, the Amazon would like lose weight and stuff and her sprite would change. I could be wrong about that um but i think that's how that worked but again i can't remember it's been a little while so you have this kind of out roar about it because people are like this is censorship because you know in in the west we have a bigger thing about like fat shaming and things like that so um and then but at the same time you also have the side of it of like well like the way it's like fat in in the japanese version is like almost 
I don't know how to put it. Like, it, it is like um, kind of like sexual chibi fat in some way, almost kind of thing. Um, and so, like, if you were, like, bringing that over in, like, the past, you probably would change how that would look, like, if you're making actual NES games. So there's, like, an, I think an argument for, like, well, we are localizing this in the way that a game would be localized as it was back then, right? So I think there's that aspect of it, too. I don't think Limited Run has said either way what it is, but you see people angry about one thing, angry at the other. The thing I did not really agree with is people saying... You guys are supposed to be about preserving games, limited run games being you guys, and you guys aren't doing this right. You're, you're doing an edited, censored release. And that thing has been released digitally, and and like like that is out there for people to get. It's not on a digital storefront. I think it is like available to download on a website, and I'm I'm gonna guess it's also circulating outside of that. Um, I would I would I, I would imagine Ancient's not going out and serving like cease and desist for them like distributing that ROM elsewhere on the internet probably. So um, I, I I don't really think that's really a, a thing in there. I think it's more about. I think there's a difference between like pre- preservation and having physically coll- collecting things that you own kind of thing, right? I think there's like a disconnect in that conversation. I think people don't always un- untangle those things at times, right? Um, so, but but it's definitely a fear with digital games, but but in this particular case, I don't think it's really a fear. So, anyways. That's kind of neat. Um, again, I want to check it out, but we'll see what happens. A little tiny switch update as well. In addition, is that Gunvolt, uh, Gunvolt G2, no, X2. I forgot if I mentioned, but I found out recently you pronounce it X, not G. I don't know who told me it was G initially, but it's X2 now. I listened to the trailer. They said X2. Um, anyways, um, but they're adding the Gunvolt 3 characters, like a bonus boss in that, which is pretty cool. And like, it's a nice way to preview the game, Gunvolt 3 main character. I don't know if like lore wise, it makes sense or if it's going to make sense in terms of the timeline or anything like that. Or if they're just like, whatever, we have this character. Why not tease people? So that's neat. I, I've heard recently that the DLC fights in that game are really expensive for some reason. I think they're like $8 for like a, a boss to fight, which just seems high i did not look into it too much but that i was seeing some complaints about that so um interesting uh but but yeah so it's like a cool way to kind of get a preview of that character in some way um i've been complaining about gunvolt not complaining about gunvolt complaining about my current situation with gunvolt between code getting gunvolt x2 so i'm gonna pass on that but if you listen the last few weeks you probably will hear me say what i was gonna say Speaking of annoying, one of the things I hate is when people are like, let's talk about hating things right now. Um, one of the things I hate is like whenever I'm listening to a podcast and anytime a Konami game comes up, there's always somebody on there that's like, Konami's making a video game. And I'm like, no, Konami makes games all the time. It's just the games you like, like, and I don't blame anyone. They're like small releases frequently. So like nobody cares, but Konami makes games and they're putting out games. Um, and so they actually have uh, two new games I want to talk about here. Um, one is arcade and one is PC. Um, one is called Chase Chase Joker and Chase Chase Joker kind of looks like it's from the Bomber Girl developers. It's essentially an arcade game and, and I don't know how many players it is. I think the arcade cabinet shows four players. So I think you have like three characters running around and then I think you have a fourth character who is chasing them down essentially. And the other three characters basically go and they try to grab those keys and it might be the other way around. It might be three chasing one. I don't know for sure on that. But basically somebody's chasing somebody and the person who's trying to not be 
taught is like going and grabbing keys and then to go put this key in like a door and then it unlocks it. Um, so I'll go ahead and unlock the door. I believe it is the three that are collecting the keys though. Anyways, so you're basically getting chased around. It has a very like Bomber Girl aesthetic with like kind of the ch chibi anime girls kind of thing. It actually has Pine from Bomber Girl, which apparently is a very popular Bomber Girl character. I found out about this recently when talking to a fr friend. He's like, oh yeah, Pine? Pine is like top tier Bomber Girl character. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so it does not have any like the clothes ripping stuff from Bomber Girl as far as I can tell. So I don't know if they are going that route with that game but just like aesthetically and how it looks and things like that it looks very similar so it looks neat um it got announced like a month ago i think and i just happened to come across the trailer this this week so it looks kind of cool um so yeah i definitely look forward to if i ever go back to japan whenever i go um maybe checking that out if i see it uh, i don't know how that would play as like a single player thing uh, you know i assume you just can like play like a demo mode with ai kind of stuff happening um, it'd be a scheme I'd be scared about trying with actual people, um, unless I knew who those people were. So, so yeah. They also announced another game called Crime Sight on the, on PC and Crime Sight actually looks pretty neat. It's kind of like a mix of Clue and I guess you could say Among Us, although I'm sure Among Us has some kind of like, you know, attachment to Clue in a lot of ways. And essentially you are, um, in like this mansion altogether and you have a person in the, in the mansion who is not a murderer yet, but they're going to be a murderer essentially. So they have not committed a crime yet, but they will be committing a crime. And so you have, uh, AI, uh, uh, Sherlock, which is like this computer version of Sherlock and AI, I forget the other guy, Moriarty or something like that. I actually don't know who Moriarty is, so I'm not very well read on that kind of stuff but I assume he is related to Sherlock or in that kind of space when it comes to that type of character kind of thing. And essentially, uh, AI Moriarty is like working with a, a single person who's going to try to murder somebody at some point. And then the rest of the team has to figure out who that person is essentially. And then also, um, you know, stop them from actually murdering somebody <laughs> kind of thing. Um, it has a really awesome aesthetic. I love the look of it. I don't, I feel like I know a game that has the same artist, but I can't figure out what game it is. I thought maybe it was Radiant Historia, the DS version, not the 3DS version. If you don't know, Radiant Historia has two different artists, the DS and the 3DS version, and the DS version, in my opinion, looks better. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, but it just has a really cool aesthetic to it. It looks a lot like a Vita game in a lot of ways, and it's got just like kind of a fun, you know, idea with like, you know, Sherlock Holmes being like this very anime-looking Sherlock Holmes and things like that, right? So it kind of looks like a lost dimensions in, in terms of character design to me a little bit not exactly but in some ways it kind of reminds me of that so crime site looks very cool i think it comes out on april 10th or early access april 10th it may be online pvp only i will say i'm really bad at those games if you have to like do voice chat to lie and stuff like that so um i might check it out but i'm if, if that is how that game is played is people voice talking and then and then somebody having to verbally lie i'm gonna mess be terrible at it so but i might i might check that one out i think it's pc only right now though so yes so yeah and then uh last kind of a little bit of game related news here is dragalia's loss is shutting down i don't think they've given a specific day yet this is that side games game uh that nintendo worked with them on for mobile um kind of a part of that initial push of mobile games that nintendo had where they're trying to push people back to like the 3DS and things like this. But this was an original IP and I don't think they ever really got any Dragalia's Lost stuff on 3DS or Switch at all. So I don't know if that was like a successful venture in pushing those players back to, to Nintendo's core uh, 
hardware, but I think Fire Emblem probably was to some extent. Um, anyways, but it sounds like they're going to try to finish up the story here sometime in, I think, July. And then from there, they're going to shut it down. So I think that game had a pretty long life. I could be wrong, but I think it's been at least over half a decade. So I think that's a, a good run. Hopefully people can get stuff salvaged from that. I don't really know what the current state of preserving these kind of games are anymore um, if people are trying to catch them, but they're so server-based, I have to imagine um, most of them shut down without any real preservation behind just people recording video and things like that at this point. So we'll see though. Um, speaking of preservation and stuff like that, um, one last thing here that is actually kind of a hot news topic or the hot news, but where's the fire, fire effect? Here's my fire effect, my hands gonna catch my hair on fire um if you can watch the video version there's no fire effect on screen i'm just putting my fingers in my hair and making my hair go around weird uh, anyways um there was a nintendo guidebook or mario 64 guidebook that was uh talked about a while ago i forget where and when and why it was talked about but it was mentioned so apparently somebody bought this guidebook I think it's pretty expensive to buy um and they scanned it and it's like these really cool dioramas in it where they like had little like handcraft kind of things and made the mario 64 world with like little yarn crafts and things like that it looks really really cool if you can go look it up uh i forget the name of it i think it's called the uh super mario 64 complete clear guide that sounds right. Um, that sounds like a very Japanese name for a guy as well. Um, anyways, so that is um, that was uh, put up on archive.org. However, Nintendo went and delisted it or, or got it removed. And I think the reason why I'm talking about this today um, is not so much because I'm going to sit there and like say too much about this. I think everybody has a pretty negative opinion on Nintendo when it comes to these kind of things. I think for good reason. Um, you know, obviously Nintendo has reasons for the things they do with this kind of thing. Um, but I think the Video Game History Foundation put a, a, a statement a while ago when the eShop was being shut down about how Nintendo's like actively destructive towards game preservation, which I, well, I would generally agree with, I think, at that point. They're an organization, they're a company, they have reasons they do for what they do and is typically focused around preserving money or preserving other cases around these kind of things protecting themselves and making sure it reduces the risk of any kind of you know shareholder you know issues kind of thing right there's a company um anyways but this one kind of took me by surprise just because it's not like a game that they uh, like had people upload or things like that it is just this guy that came out in 1996 for this like for the like uh, Super or for Super Mario 64 and was never re-released again or anything like that and it just seems like really bizarre a very bizarre thing to sit there and like take down off archive.org uh, specifically um, I heard some people say that like when does it end or like what is the hard line with this kind of thing and I think the reality is that there is no hard line with this kind of thing it is all very up in the air and you have big organizations actively trying to prevent people from doing this because it like leads into people getting into piracy and things like that whether or not that's a real threat or not is a whole other thing don't want to talk about that today um, but I do think that these kind of things lead people to be like oh I found thing on archive.org maybe I can find other thing on archive.org there are a lot of th things on archive.org that are great, and you should go use ar archive.org for things. Um, but this just probably got too much traction, probably, and just ended up getting delisted. Uh, I know some people are going to blame game journalists and probably people like me, honestly. Not that I have a lot of reach, right? Um, about that kind of uh, uh, thing. 
but you know, this is this is just how it is kind of thing. So I'm going to take a strong guess that thing is around there. So if you are around somewhere, so if you want to find it, you're going to be able to find it. Um, but it, it's just not going to be as easily accessible, unfortunately, um, which, which stinks. But you know, that's just how it is. That's the current world we live in. Um, but thankfully, with the internet and everything being digital, very few things disappear permanently when it comes to simple things like that. When it comes to much more complex things, running on systems and things like that, that's kind of a whole other thing. So, anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPro.com is the website. Um, if you are interested, next week we'll be streaming, uh, or this week we'll be streaming Pac-Man World 2. We'll be starting that stream. I will say this. Somebody mentioned to me on stream that I should play Crime Crackers, and I kind of got scared. Uh, not on stream, sorry, in, in the Discord. We have, like, these weekend uh, Discord calls that happen where we watch movies and stuff. I was talking to somebody in there, and um, they had mentioned uh, me playing Crime Crackers, and I was just like, I don't know. Like, because Japanese games are always scary, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. I don't know if I'm going to get stuck. I don't know if I'm going to get to the point where I can't progress, or I'll be stuck in a spot to, to, to not be able to progress and i don't know if my viewership is going to want to sit there and watch me try to figure something out like that kind of thing right they would probably rather me just move on kind of thing however i do think that there's a lot of value in playing japanese games and maybe oh, maybe value in showing um how that works and stuff like that you know i've been doing a lot of things recently i'm talking about like here's how you can play japanese games on your own and it's all very scary sounding and i don't glamorize it that much so i probably don't make it sound great and i think maybe showing how you can do that kind of thing is is something that that i can kind of work into the stream in some way so I think we will start looking at doing something like that. We're not going to start that immediately. We're going to start playing some Pac-Man World 2 this this week. So on Thursday at 7 p.m. we'll be doing that. But I will start looking at that and I will start looking at some games and identifying some games I think will be a good fit for that. And we'll, maybe we'll take that approach in the future here. And it might be interesting. It might give us like some new, new different things to do. You know, I've been trying to build out resources when I work on like these kind of Japanese games and be like, I'm having trouble doing this thing in this game. How can I make this better with the information that I have? And so making that Nintendo G item guide where I can sort through things and things like that. So it might be interesting to, to try in that regard to do that. So just some thoughts I'm having on the stream. I was a little, I've been a little worried that maybe the streams aren't like distinct or unique enough kind of thing. And, and, and maybe, and a lot of that comes from in a very similar thing to this podcast where like, it's kind of for me in a lot of ways, the streams very much came out of me wanting to just play through my library and like get stuff out of the way. Um, even if I was like, have, I don't think it's like content people would care about. I just want to finish up games like thousand arms games, like Pac-Man world Two, things like that. So, um, maybe we'll take that approach and see if that's like a nice gimmick we can, we can work with kind of thing. Um, and it might mean that we not, might not be every game we start playing as well. I will say that. So anyways, so that's that, um, in terms of content for this week, there is no new video this week. I know that's going to not be great, especially with like the, the, the next week with the Patreon stuff coming up. Um, however, the Nintendo G video is really, really what I want to focus on. So we're sacrificing this video this week so I can work on Nintendo G more. So, um, there will be a hold on that for now. Uh, but Nintendo G full steam ahead right now. So at least if you're wake up Wednesday and you're like, it's time, it's Ben time. Oh no, there's no new Ben. You can just be like, well, Ben's, Ben's off working on Nintendo G right now. Maybe depends on when you wake up. I, I still work a job. I still do job. So there's a chance I might be not Nintendo G-ing at that time. So, so yeah. 
Um, so yeah, and that's it. Thank you again for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website. Again, Patreon, there's bonus content there. So if you want to check out some more stuff there, go check that out. I do article readings. I do some videos. Trying to lean a little more into video content recently there, um, since I think that probably is more interesting to most people. And then once I get enough video content there, I'm going to go ahead and post up the Patreon uh, advertisement video on YouTube. Maybe make a little extra of the videos uh, freely available. Right now, all the trial content doesn't include any videos. So make some of those trial those videos for free. So Or make some of those videos free so you can check them out if you want to. Do stuff like that. So, yes. Anyways, that's it. Thank you again. Have a great week. Bye.